0: Welcome to the Mega Man's Podcast with your host, Steven Martinez, a.k.a. Mega Man. This will be episode 124. Uh, Right now, I'm in the city of Norwalk, and I have a very special guest, my boy Sam, and he has a business called Chiros dos Canela. What's up, man? how you
1: doing mega man
0: um, it's a pleasure to be here i'm sorry i just want to apologize i'm sorry uh i was supposed to have you on last year and i got way too busy but you know what i think the timing was perfect and we're gonna kick off 2020 good
1: yeah. it's a good thing to be busy right Staying busy it's always
0: good Yeah. so how's everything going with you man
1: Thank God, can't complain. We've been busy also mm-hmm. uh, with managing both locations and, you know, still catering once in a while on the weekends. So uh-huh. it's pretty hectic, too. So I understand it. But Damn. that's a good thing, like I said.
0: Mm-hmm. Usually right now, like, uh, when you, when because I know right now we're on a holiday right now. We're Luther the King. And usually, does it get busy on the weekdays?
1: Yeah, usually uh, weekdays is pretty busy in the uh, coffee rush, basically what I call it, in the mornings when people are going to work, going to school. They get their coffee, their breakfast. Then it slows down a little bit from around Ten or about two to three PM when everybody's at work uh-huh. it's cool, so that's when people come in for lunch. But it's much lower. Lower. We're at the cert spot mostly, so it's uh, mornings and nights that is the busiest.
0: Oh, for us. Oh, at night too. Yeah,
1: nights is really busy because everybody already had dinner. They went to the movies. They came out of work. They're just hanging out. Mm-hmm. They come and get the cert something sweet.
0: I noticed that you have uh, like chicken waffles, like like chicken strips and wa- like waffles.
1: Oh, we do the waffle fries. So it's chicken strips and chicken sandwich. We have a very traditional snack from Guadalajara called salchipulpos. Uh-huh. So basically we cut up the weenies like uh, in four sections so they could look like, they open up when you fry them they look like little octopuses, that's where the name comes from, Oh, I've seen that, yeah, 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 yeah. And we serve, serve them with the fries. Mm-hmm. Then we also have just uh, the ham and cheese melt, we have the chicken sandwich the chicken strips so we have a little bit of options for people who don't want the sweets or that want to have some food before their dessert Uh so we have a little bit of everything and that's why the afternoons is pretty busy people are just hanging out they want to sit down and have just a coffee or an atole
0: making me hungry already right now like um uh you you made a breakfast sandwich. Yeah, which I have right there is a the breakfast sandwich with sausage and some waffle fries on the side. Oh my god, <laughs> this is like almost like Chick Fil A, you know? Yep. Come but this yours is better. And what's the coffee I'm drinking right now? that You saying you recommend it was the walnut one? This is the one that atole.
1: Atole uh, is a um, it's a milk based drink. It's thickened with cornstarch, uh-huh. and then it's flavored. Uh-huh. We do different flavors uh, in Mexico. The most traditional one, the the one that everybody knows most, is a champurrado, which is a uh, yeah yeah. Hot chocolate with uh, cinnamon and spices, and it's thickened. Yes. But with the same cons- consistency, we make different flavors. We have the walnut. We have the cajeta, which is the Mexican uh, caramel. Mm-hmm. Ooh. We also have the oatmeal one, and we switch it up in flavors once in a while. We have seasonal flavors like the elote flavor. The uh-huh. corna- corn atoll is really good, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, one yeah. you're having right now is the best seller by far, hands down. Everybody Very loves creamy. That.
0: Yeah. Because yeah, you, you crack all the, the walnuts and everything. You get taste all the mixtures. I wonder how that oatmeal one tastes like.
1: Oh, the oatmeal, it sounds basic when you hear oatmeal, but it's different than the one you eat with the spoon since it's drinkable. Mm-hmm. It's like a mixture. Some people compare it to the arroz con leche and the oatmeal, so it's drinkable. It's like a mix in between. It's pretty, it's much smoother than the atole. It's not as thick.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But the flavor
0: is kind of similar but different in a way. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, the reason I wanted to get you on because a lot of people were DMing like, hey, man, you, you guys, you got to have Sam on your podcast, man. Um um daniel from uh barbecue he told me about you and a lot of people were just telling me like hey you should come on the podcast and that's one thing i like about you like the hustle you know like hey man i want to be on your podcast you know and and looking at your food man it's like man i do love churros man and it's really really good and uh i think like i said it was a perfect time to get you on the podcast and uh i see i see the hustle i see what you're doing you had your we're going to get to it later uh, with your, you know, your little truck you had at Compton and now your second location here in Norwalk and stuff like that. So before we get to all that stuff, um, I want to get to know you. I want my, a, lot, my, a lot of uh, my podcast listeners to get to know you for who you are and, you know, and everything and how you started to where you're at now. So uh, where did you grow up at?
1: Well, I grew up in Guadalajara, Mexico, uh-huh. Jalisco. So I was about 14. That's when I came to the U.S. Yes. Uh, 2004. Then uh, the first city I lived in was Paramount. After that, I went to Compton for a short period of time. Then I went back to Paramount. Mm -hmm. And that's basically the area that I've always uh, been in. Paramount, Compton, Linwood, Long Beach. Uh Oh,
0: you lived in Long Beach for a little bit? Didn't live
1: in Long Beach, but I'm usually, I I went to uh, Long Beach City College for a little bit. Okay. Before I dropped out. Oh, the one and
0: in uh, by Lakewood or the one by the... One both. By
1: I had a class in, in the one in Lakewood and I had a couple classes in the one closer to the PCH. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for some reason, I've always liked to be around the beach. Yeah. So I would always find a way to make it out there. I would just have a break between classes and go to the beach and do homework and uh-huh. be around that area. So I have always had a special... Uh, love for Long Beach uh-huh. since it's like the closest beach I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. And living in uh, uh like going back and forth with Paramount and Compton how was that like?
1: Well I went to Paramount High so I would have to walk all the way to Compton. I'm barely crossing the bridge it's not that far. People are familiar with the area. I mean yes. it's, it's, it's neighboring. Yes. East Compton and Paramount. huh. So it's still very similar. One thing that I uh, felt comfortable I guess is that even when I came from Mexico, I didn't know much English. I knew like the basics, but I mean, I couldn't communicate much. Paramount and Compton, Long Beach, lane well, all those areas, there's like a great majority of the people there are Mexican or Hispanic. So,
0: uh-huh.
1: felt good, you know. I I felt comfortable being around people that spoke Spanish too.
0: Mm-hmm. Like when you went to school um, over there, over there at Paramount High, like did you guys? Was it rowdy over there? Was it? How was it back then? Yeah, it was a
1: little bit. I mean, I remember I was. Uh, in the big riots that there were, like, you know, the racial riots. Uh, oh, wow, Hispanics really? against, uh, yeah, because there was this incident where um, the African-American cracked the head open of uh, one of the Mexican guys in the school. Yeah. I don't even know why it happened. I think they had a beef in, in pee or something. Well, uh, next thing you know, he's chasing them down the street after school with a bat.
0: Mm-hmm. Cracks
1: his skull open, and that really caused the issue to escalate the next day people from multiple high schools walked out and just people from the street randomly just passed by the high school and they were just looking for whoever they could find. And it was a couple of days of tension. I mean, that happened often. It was a lot of fights. I mean, Paramount, Compton, all this area is pretty rowdy at some point, especially mm-hmm. high schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I was only there for two years. I dropped out of eventually because I had really bad. I was really behind in credits, so I ended up doing home studies. Uh-huh. So uh, by the end of the junior year, I just went out and it's going in
0: mm-hmm. the house, basically. Mm-hmm. You just got to do what you got to do, man. Yep. You know, like, and how did you um get, I mean, living in Compton, going back and forth, like, you started with, I, I heard, like, like East LA, then you have Compton. I see nothing but, uh like, mom and pop places on the streets around the corners. Like, was that always been like that?
1: It's, it's different. It's grown more right now with social media because I feel that now – I tell everyone it's easier to start a business than it was before. Before, I mean, you would see the taco stands and you would have, like, your little food stands here and there. Yeah. But I feel that it was more criminalized also. It was more of a crime before because, I mean, Paramount, they've never allowed uh, street vending. They, they it, There was a point where they were chasing down the street the, the ice cream man and the loteros. What? Why? Yeah, the, the, the shares were on them. I remember at this occasion that I was in my, and I, I didn't live here yet. I was here on vacations. I was visiting my aunt, and she lived uh, in, in Paramount also. Uh-huh. There was this ice cream man running down the street with his car because the, the shares were like literally cracking down on them, like if, it, like if they were selling drugs or something. My tia was really cool. She was, like, hey, come in. You could you could hide in the garage, or he went into the driveway. He was hiding behind the cars, and a couple other ones came. Uh-huh. That's one thing that I remember because to me it was like in Mexico you see that everywhere. Everybody's selling food in the streets, yeah, yeah, ice yeah. cream, whatever. I mean, it's normal. But I was like, why are they running? It's like oh, it's because it's not permitted here. And now it's been a little better with the laws that they kind of like they're trying to regularize um, street vending. Mm-hmm. Not a hundred percent because. Even recently, we just got kicked out of a park with our trailer, with all the permits from L.A. County. We're registered with the tax board. We have the seller's permit. Every single permit you, you could require, we have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're still kicked out of the park. Uh-huh. So there's still zones or places that if they want to, they could uh, prohibit sales. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's a lot of mom-and-pop shops. But the street vending and the, I guess if you want to say illegal taco stands or food stands are more are popping up more and more now from last year to now because it's easier
0: yeah because i with a lot of people who are starting their own business with food trucks and everyone everyone's just trying to get their name out there and like how you said with social media it can it can be a make or break you know like you can mm-hmm. blow up quick and like it really depends with your your followers and stuff like that so um when you did like you started in compton like with your food truck like what how did it, everything all start like you know
1: well it it's Uh, a little funny actually because when people ask about the story they think I've been doing churros my whole life Mm -hmm. especially because they're really good I mean not just because I say it but I mean you could ask you could see the multiple reviews we have and the people that have been coming with us for years the churros are really really good they're really authentic the the recipe is really traditional it's from Mexico actually yes so I was a barber before selling churros so I was yeah I was cutting hair (laughs) very nice haircut by the way oh how long I I get every week yeah, whoever your barber is, he's good. <laughs> oh, you yeah, think?
0: Well, I always like to get blended right here with the little taper right here to blend yeah. in with the beard.
1: That's what a lot of people miss.
0: How long, you been, a how, how long have you been doing up, um, haircuts?
1: Well, like. I, I stopped because I ended up going into food uh, full-time. I was a barber for almost four years. Uh-huh. So, like, I tell everyone, if you're really going to learn how to cut hair, it takes months, really, if you like it, if you really put effort into it, it could take you anywhere from... Three to five months to really be good as a good barber, you know, where you're decent. You might be a little slow, but you're still good. You get those those blends in good. Uh So within a year, I was already doing good. I mean, I could feel that I was making what I I was earning in a paycheck in my previous job in 40 hours. I, I was making it in a week and now as a barber. So it's good money. It's fast money. If you really hustle, you really build up that speed. Yeah. Nobody expected that I would go into the food business and much less in a mm-hmm. in a street vending operation. Mm-hmm. It was more like everybody thought I was going to open a barbershop or something like that. Yeah. But I had the curiosity of getting into the food business. I've always liked to cook. But, I mean, I didn't want to go into a food business. A service restaurant or nothing like that because i didn't have the experience or the knowledge or even the money because it is very expensive to open a full-on restaurant
0: yeah you were telling me when you showed me the back of everything where it was all empty and it took you like months to get About everything months, yeah. like to get everything like you said there was no gas line there was no this there was no that so i get it it's money yeah
1: it's money and a lot of knowledge because when you're doing things legit it's different when you're you might have a good savings and end up opening a taco stand maybe a food stand you'll invest in your grill your tables your your chairs your canopy whatever Mm -hmm. generator the food the meat promotion even yes but that's that but when you're opening a storefront when you're opening a restaurant a coffee shop you have to deal with the gas company with the electric company you have to deal with uh the plans the plan approval you have to work with um, Inspection. engineers, inspections. Every sometimes every part of the construction has a different inspector, so it turns out to be a little more of a hassle. Yeah, someone's checking the plumbing, someone's checking the electrical, a different person's checking the mechanical. So it's a lot to know. And and
0: also the most important thing to have that right there, uh, a grade. Huh?
1: Yeah, the letter A. That's one of the things that here in LA, Orange County has their own health department. There's certain cities that have their own. Uh, we're still we're still under the LA County. Uh, health department Mm -hmm. here in the compton location Mm -hmm. so when you see that letter a that blue a it really speaks good of a business yes now i i like to make the note because i feel for my people that are so also selling food sometimes they have a b and it's not because they have a bad food or 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 they're dirty that's the first thing people think you could get a b for something as simple as not having your your food handler license if you're in a, if you have a taco shop and you have one of those uh, tortilla machines from Mexico and it's not approved by the U.S. Uh, for, by NSF or the uh, ETL Labs or whatever they use for to certificate uh, the food equipment, you get a bad point. So there's a lot of little things that have nothing to do with cleanliness that go into the bad points. So I know a lot of very good restaurants that have a B. And it's just because of the process, mm-hmm. not because of the, they keep it traditional, they're doing tortillas with the machine, and yeah. sometimes that has nothing to do with, the dirt, uh, with being dirty. Uh-huh. But thank God we do have the A, we try to do everything by the book as much as we can. Uh-huh. And so far the inspector's having uh, great, they like what we do, and they like how we do it.
0: No, I like it, it's very clean, it's like basic, like, you know, and, and you have your menus, you have, um, I mean, how many types of different churros that you make? so the
1: churros are pretty traditional they're uh, sh- just coated ensuring cinnamon that's a base we have four different topping options which are the most basic uh, as far as guadalajara style mm-hmm. the jalisco style we have the cajeta which is a uh, dulce de leche some people call it dulce de leche in other countries uh we have the lechera the condensed milk we have the chocolate and the strawberry jam that's like the basic uh, strawberry the, jam e- okay. e- even for the for the fried plantains Mm-hmm. Fried platanas, that's also traditional with the uh, condensed milk and the strawberry.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We added Nutella, of course, because people love asking for the Nutella. We have whipped cream because people ask for the whipped cream. We mm-hmm. have ice cream because it goes really well with the warm churros and the ice cream combination. Ooh, yeah. It goes good, you know, the churro Sunday. Mm-hmm. So we've uh, evolved it more as, as we go. Mm-hmm. I have recipes that I haven't released yet because you don't want to throw everything out at once. You yeah. have to, like, excuse me, do it gradually. So people get a feel for the things, and then also you gotta test things out. Sometimes some recipes that you might think they're really like good, like experiment, at. yeah, yeah. Some people might not like them, and you have to be used to that. You have to adapt. I mean, not everything that you put out there is gonna be a hit.
0: Mm-hmm. With them, did would you
1: ever make like funnel cakes or anything? Well, that's another concept though that, <laughs> that I, I have on See, I'm, I'm a businessman at heart. I love developing brands, names, slogans, logos, yeah. things like the recipes. So I have another concept revolving around funnel cakes for the future. And I have a couple other concepts that are almost fully developed, but of course, they're not in practice yet because we're still focusing 100% on this. But yeah, that, that's another one coming soon.
0: Yeah. So when you um, started your social media, like, he's like, you know what, I'm going to start this social media. I'm just going to see where it takes me. And, and looking at it, you're almost close to 22Ks. Like, it was like, whoa, wow, dude.
1: Yeah, we've been working on it for about two years. Mm-hmm. Going on
0: three, I would say. Started late 2017.
1: Mm-hmm. So, well, it started actually the first time that we started selling churros with a little cart. Because I ordered a cart from Mexico before we even had to trailer. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I got a cart from Mexico. I got it delivered to TJ across the border with it myself. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's how we started with that um, venture. Like to try to practice, you know, because I didn't know much. Had to practice still. The recipe itself, it took me over a month to develop it because I was um, doing a lot of experiments and most of them were failed. But I, every time I would fail in something, I'll like tweak it and fix it, and I'll learn something new. Mm-hmm. So once I felt I had a good recipe, we even I actually parked myself the the cart outside of the barbershop and I. A Saturday, which it was a busy day for the yeah for the barbershop shop and for the
0: people uh, waiting in line.
1: Yeah, there was a there's a little Caesar Pizza next to it too, so it was always packed. So I was feeling like, okay, if this is gonna be a good business and this is gonna be a good recipe, this is how we're gonna test it. Mm-hmm. So I put it outside of the barbershop on Saturday, and my my clients were laughing at me. Really, they didn't think I was serious that I was gonna be selling churros to test it out. But I did. I stuck to it, mm-hmm. even though how when people laughed, and that kind of gave birth to the to the first kind of location the first kind of promotion that we we're doing yeah even though we didn't have the name yet yes. i already had an instagram and the instagram was had just had a generic name churros content Chur- then L- 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 put churros uh, the last four numbers of my of my phone number and it was like really generic because i said if it's gonna hit it's gonna hit because of the flavor and people are gonna recommend it and we're gonna get busy just because we're good hmm Sometimes you throw a catchy name. Sometimes you throw fancy descriptions around the items. And people mm-hmm. might be like, oh, I want to try it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to focus on taste. And once uh, we started getting people asking like, oh, where do you guys set up? How often are you guys setting up? I had people getting churros. Because after that, we got kicked out of that, um, I In-com- guess,
0: In-com-
1: uh, from the barbershop location we got kicked out. Oh, what? Because there was a donut shop right there. But I would always, oh, wow. I, I would always wait until they closed because they would close around 5 or 6 p.m. Uh-huh. And as soon as they close, you know, to be respectful, I'll bring out the little card, and I'll sell churros at night. And that's kind of how we tested it. But when they complained to the landlord, I was like, you know, I don't want to get in trouble, you know, get the barbershop in trouble. So we ended up uh, looking for another location in Compton On Compton Boulevard. So it was still close to the main location that I always wanted to work in that part where we started with the trailer. Yeah. Because I used to work in the Norgate Market that was across the street from Oh, okay. So I I, I would across the street from the Norgate Market eat tacos, and I was like, man, it would be cool to have, you know, a little taco truck or something here. I see a
0: whole bunch of, like, trucks over there now. Oh, yeah, it's different now. Before it was only
1: two or three. Now it's, I don't know. Well, I always
0: see because because right there where the library is at and stuff, the main one is, like, everyone goes to is Mr. Menudo. Yeah. Yeah, and I see long lines, you yeah. know, and everything. And I see all these places around it, tacos, this, but Mister was like, God damn, man, yeah. you know, and he, he's like, he like he said, like, like how you are, you're a hustler, man. That guy's a hustler too. Well,
1: I mean, I like to give him a lot of props because I remember when we took when I took him to Jetro for the first time I was able to buy the restaurant supplies and things like that. Yes. When I took him for the first time when he came to ask for advice and everything because I met him catering. He was doing tacos for, for a guy who was doing the churros, and that's how I met him. Mm-hmm. Down the road, when he wanted to start, like, a business, like a food business, because he was in the food business before full-time. It was just, like, part-time. Yes. He started asking for advice. Where do I shop? How do I do it? I want to promote. He, I, I didn't even think he wanted to do Menudo right away. That, that came as he was developing the idea. Because, like me, like, when I wanted to get into the food business, I didn't know it, it was going to be with churros right away. But I just had the feeling that I wanted to get into the food business. So he didn't have a very clear idea what to do. And I was like, bro, just start like I did. And and I I kind of coached him, like, you know, the first uh, steps that he took? Yes. Basically following the lead of something that I had already tried. Uh You fail, you have to get up, you learn something new, and eventually you develop a business out of it. And that's what I told him. and He started, and thank God, I mean, he's really, really busy. And I feel proud because I saw him since since even before – He even started with that idea Mm -hmm. and it was like all of us, shy, a little bit scared, a little bit, you know, like you don't, you're not, you don't even have that salesman in you that you want to tell people about your business. You're more quiet and that really Mm -hmm. develops over time. Mm -hmm. But even his dad told me once, I was like, if it wasn't for you, he wouldn't have started. And I was like, it's because I wish I would have had someone to push me. That's why sometimes they see me push it with someone that has a small business. I'm on it. I like I like to network, but I also like to help people when they're starting their business because I wish that I would have had someone like that, that had the experience, that already made the mistakes, and mm. that would have said, I'll help you. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm like
0: that. I, that, that. That That's a good point because I feel with a lot of us, like, um, there's always this thing with a lot of Mexicans, you know, like we were supposed to help each other out, but when they always talk about that thing, crabs in a bucket. So when someone's doing good... We gotta pull them back down. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't be all together and just help each other out. You know.
1: Yeah, and uh, I don't talk much about hate, but if nah. I hate something, yeah. it's that mentality. I yeah. hate it with a passion because I feel that that keeps my people down. And I see yeah. it. I say my people because I see other races. Like uh, you see Middle Easterns, you see Asians. They're all supporting each other. They come from another country yes. and they struggle to get here. But when they get here, they're all together. They're yeah. all like be very brotherly. When you see Mexicans comes from Mexico, like I came, they start making fun that you don't know how to speak that language. They make fun of how you dress. They make fun of that you don't know how to move around the the, the, the city or whatever. That's the first thing, you know? It's cool that we try to find humor in so many things, but we don't realize that most of the times we're keeping people down because of the way we, we don't want to see others succeed, I guess. I don't know what it is, but I mean, I don't I don't see why. I mean, to me, if, if I see you and you're starting a business I'm going to do whatever's in my power to help you succeed because I know that the more successful people I have around me, the more successful I could be. But in in, in other cases, you see people wanting to see the people around them less successful than them. But that doesn't do you any good.
0: Yeah. I, no, no, I, no. I totally get it. Like, when I started the podcast, I was like, man, what am I going to do this for? It's like, you know, I was doing it for me, but now it's like, you know, I want to help each other. I want to help people, you know, like networking and stuff like that, you know, and. And get your name out there because there there is a lot of uh, food people that recommend you and a lot of big people like the Hood Footy and you know and there's a lot of people that follow you. I was like, oh wow, you know, and it's all like a community of uh people who work in the food industry that help each other out and stuff like that. And and they show love and do whatever they can, you know. Like I said, it's all about social media and stuff. Be like, oh hey, I'm gonna be over here. Like when I promoted that you're going to be on people are like what you know they get all like oh wow you know and that's where a lot of people are going to get bit more curious when i put this episode out and and i'm going to let everyone know what sam all about and what's Chiros uh Tuz Canella is all about and stuff like that and people are going to come over here even one to the compton or the one in norwalk you know
1: yeah that's one thing that i uh like to make very clear the reason why i haven't because i i see whatever like sometimes just because i don't comment on or i don't I'm not very open about it. I'm watching what everybody's doing because that's something that you have to observe. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Some people say, oh, you have to observe the competition. I don't see it as competition. I observe my colleagues, whoever's in the food business, whoever's in in Instagram, Mm -hmm. whoever's on YouTube. I try to see everything. And one thing that I notice is that everybody is very uh, focused on getting their name out there, their story out there. Oh, this is how I started. This is who I am, this and that. Yes. I'm not so into that because if I want if I want my story to be out, it's because people ask. It's because people are interested. It's because people. I don't want to shove it on people's face and be like, "Oh, I'm Dulce Canela. Follow me. I'm the biggest. I'm the greatest. I'm the." No, I, I'm doing my thing, and if I'm noticed, then yeah. that means I'm doing something good. And most of the time, I'm noticed because I'm helping people. Mm-hmm. I'm pushing other businesses. You'll be surprised how many messages I get when I start sharing other businesses, and people message me. Oh, you're probably charging for promotion now. Oh, why are you sharing businesses all the time? We wanna uh, see. Yeah, why pool. is that? Like they don't like that. No, it's cause I mean, there's people who charge for promotion and they do a great job at it because I know influencers that do pull a lot of sales. Yes. And they're worth every penny that they charge. Yeah. But I feel that there's others who are scamming people. There's people there's there's uh influencers with fake followers, fake comments, fake likes. And they go to a lot of people who are not very tech heavy They're not really into Instagram and Facebook. They don't know how to check the analytics.
0: Yeah.
1: And they'll charge you a couple hundred to post a picture in their Instagram, and they don't even get likes. They don't get followers. Or whatever likes they get, it's fake. It's purchased. They don't generate any followers for your page. They don't generate any sales. And I feel that's why a lot of people are a little scared about it now. They see that someone's promoting a business, and they're like, oh, are you charging people for promotion? And I get that. That's a real concern. But then other people don't want to see support they kind of see it cheesy like when i when i throw motivational quotes or when i when i tell people oh support this little business you know it's doing good like promote it instead of saying oh that's a good thing that you're doing you know you're promoting other people since you have a lot of followers and you're using that to guide followers into a new business into a new little food stand that open a new little mom and pop shop that open people don't see that, that as positive for some reason they want to throw the negativity out but, I mean, it's normal. People are very negative nowadays. I'm used to it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I can just tell, like, the how you are right now. You're, like, very humble. Like, I mean, very, very humble.
1: Well, I know. just, like, like I say, I mean, we're no different. No, I've met really big businessmen. And I've met people who are barely starting. And I guess I don't get starstruck that easy. I mean, I worked in the nightclub industry for a while met a lot of artists. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Uh, the people that I work with right now, they already hit it big. When I started with them, the company started in 2009. I stopped working with them around 2015, 2014, mm-hmm. and no, no, nothing bad. I mean, I just got tired of going to sleep so late and <laughs> not sleeping at mm-hmm. all. I really messed my sleep cycle so this you go day, to this at
0: You go to sleep at 4, you wake up at fucking 4? Sometimes <laughs> I will be going
1: to sleep at 7 in the morning, especially when we worked at the Potrero Nightclub. That one closes mm-hmm. at 5 in the morning. Sometimes we're closing at, work coming out of a club at 3 in the morning, but the club was like two hours away in Bakersfield or whatever, so we'll be Goddamn. getting home when the sun was coming up. Yeah, but, I mean, all that hard work paid off. My boys are doing really good now. The mm-hmm. company's called Rancho Milde. Mm-hmm. So they're doing these big uh, events, and they're selling out the Microsoft Theater and my selling now wherever they go. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: now I see that uh, the hard work pays off. Mm-hmm. So to me, seeing someone who back then, we were, like, literally coming out of events with no money in our pockets. Mm-hmm. They were investing. I was just working. Sometimes, like, you know, I'll still get paid even though they didn't make a profit. They'll take big losses. Now they're living the dream You know They're selling out every, Everywhere they go So that taught me that You start somewhere You keep on working You don't give up You're gonna make it To the top someday mm-hmm. And that's why To me it doesn't, I don't feel like I should change in any way Because I'm still in the process Of getting somewhere I'm no one yet
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's Yeah Because uh, you're, 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 you're taking steps Yeah trying to get there But you want to do it The right way Do it How do you want to say You want to do it Organically Organically, Yeah, like word of mouth. I, a lot of people
1: ask me all the time, why don't you collaborate with other, with, with uh, influencers or foodies? And it's not that I don't collaborate. The thing is that I don't, I don't uh, like to beg people or force people to come. I've had foodies that come, like the Hood Foodie. Mexi Papa is another big one that Mexi came. Papa? Antonio Eats. I've had a lot of foodies. Reina. Reina, the, she's a competitive eater, uh, slash foodie, slash influencer. Is that nice the one,
0: girl. that little Japanese girl? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. She,
1: she's tall, but she's skinny for all, the, all that. She is awesome girl. They come because they hear about us. Or they come because they pass by, they see it, and, oh, it looks good. But not because I'm always, like, you know, pressuring them to come. Like, other people, I see other businesses that do that that affects you in a way because when they put the review if they choose to they're gonna be a little bit biased because they're gonna be like well i'm not excited about it. i didn't try because i wanted to i mean i guess it's all right so
0: in a way you don't want to be a person where you're begging them to come to your place but you want them to come to your place because they heard about it they they, heard about it they
1: heard it's good they hear the buzz i've had people say well there's a lot of hype about this place and honestly i never feel like that i i i i mean i understand what that means
0: i don't see that i don't see a hype like that no it's not it's not like oh my god like one one social post can get over 10 i don't see a hype like that yeah i just see you like when i see you and it feels like i know you but in a way like we're just it's like family Mm -hmm. but it's like oh okay like like daniel or joey's barbecue or whatever But this is there's no hype it's just you do it because you love it.
1: This is not the kind of a corporation-owned, big corporate America that opens a little concept appropriating someone's recipe. Like, you know, there's concepts out there that take the churro yeah. and make it into something that is nothing to do with churros. And that's different because they throw thousands and thousands of dollars into promotion to, to be on people's face. And eventually you end up going, but you're not impressed by it. Mm. Aside from where this is a location that has been known because of word of mouth. And it's 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 different than hype. It's more like, I want to say it's a, like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the word's keeping me right now. My, like you, you build your name around your quality. And that quality is the one that speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I want something sweet. Right away, someone will tell you, oh, you should go to get Judos to this place. They're really good. Instead of saying like, oh, I'm gonna go here because that's the only thing available. No, it's more like people actually come. share the word. They they feel excited. To, like I, I've had people that come for the first time, get an order of churros, try them, and before they get in the car, they run back and they're like, let me get another order. I'm gonna take my mom some. I'm gonna take my dad some. I'm, I'm gonna take my family some. And that's that's the way I promote myself. You know, when people like it and they want to share it, because when you like something and that's proven, I mean that's a fact. Mm. When you like something, the people who you care more more, more for They're gonna are the here. first ones you're going to tell. So as soon as I sell something that someone likes, the atole is a big one because you can't find that in many places now.
0: Really? Wow. No,
1: the atole no. It's, it's more like you could find champurrado. Some people find a very commercial version of it. It's really grainy. It has lumps. It's not very tasty. But it, they have it available so people buy it, you know, for the tamales or whatever. But the nuez or the cajeta, the oatmeal, that's harder to find. It's more traditional. Mm-hmm. People go for whatever's commercial first because they say, oh, that sells. I got to sell it too. Mm-hmm. I took a different route. I was like, what's out there that nobody's selling? So I could sell it. And that's how it really became like a staple. People were like, oh, atole de nuez. Oh, you got to go to dunce canela. Oh, atole de cajeta. Oh, you got to go to dulce canela. You say champurrado, you might find 10, 15 places that sell it talk about atole de nuez atole de cajeta it's a little more rare Mm -hmm. because it's something that not not a lot lot of people are doing Mm. everybody wants to do what everybody else is doing everybody's copying everybody now i wouldn't be surprised if people start selling atole de nuez because i've seen other other um food trucks that sell desserts and, and they try atole de nuez it doesn't come out quite like this so they end up like it doesn't work out so they stop selling it but i've seen people try it and I know where that started from because before that, I, I looked everywhere. Nobody was selling it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to get to all that stuff right now. Uh, we're going to take a break for a little bit, and we'll be right back because um, I want to get to where uh, we talk about the struggles and, and where you're doing now and, and what's the future for your business. We'll be right back. All right. We're back on. Um, took a little breakfast break. Um, I'm trying to... Have this sausage uh, with uh, was it a, a, a potato bread with egg and a sausage? I'm trying to eat it before because I don't. I like to have my food very warm and and you, the fries were really delicious and I'm still drinking the walnut uh, chocolate drink and it was so delicious, man. So um, when we took a break, I wanted to talk about the struggles, like and what struggles is is it because like when you started your business, you you went through a lot of hardships in the beginning.
1: Well, yeah, because the first thing you got to think about, people get used to seeing you doing a certain thing. Yes. When you you try to do something new, Uh they usually either say, why would you even change what you're already doing? Or say, are you really serious? Like, is it going to work out? Like, are you going to start a food business if you were a barber? I could imagine in the other way around, if you were doing uh, food, if you were like a taquero, and then you say, I'm going to become a barber. Really? You're already selling tacos? Why are you going to become a barber? Whatever you're doing, people want to see you doing that for the rest of your life. Yes. They're not used to change. They're not used to improvement. They're not used to growth. Most people actually just think that whatever you're born as, you're going to die as that. And I'm the opposite. So the first hardship, I guess, everybody was making fun of the idea. They thought I was crazy at some point. I used to show up uh, I will carry a little fryer, (laughs) electric fryer in my car. And as soon as uh, we'll close the barbershop, I'll go to the back, to the break room, connect it, take out a little batch of dough that I had, and they'll look at me and they'll be like, again? I'm like, yeah, I got to get it right. And I was really, I I could say proudly, I was obsessed. Because if you're obsessed with something, you're going to figure it out. You're going to excel at it. Where if you're just interested in something, but you don't really focus and you don't really get to it, you're never going to master it. Mm-hmm. So I was obsessed with the recipe until I developed it. Then when we ordered a little cart, and now we use it for catering, so that little cart has history. Sometimes people don't even know the history. How long have you had that
0: for, that cart?
1: Well, that's the one we started with in
0: 2017.
1: Oh, wow. So I know it might not sound like a long time, but it's been a long road. For people, they say, like, wow, in, in two years you grew to two locations, and then you have all the caterings, all the followers. Yeah, but it's been a long road.
0: Oh, uh, because of that cart? A lot of
1: uh, 16-hour shifts, a lot of, of seven days a week. Because uh, when you have a business, it's a seven-day-a-week a seven thing. You might want to say that, oh, yeah, I'm off a certain day. But you're still doing marketing or promotion or
0: social media getting
1: supplies or networking or whatever you're doing. So really the business takes seven days. Dang. And yeah, it's been a long road, even though it's been only about two years. Uh-huh. After we parked the little cart outside of the barber shop to test it out, then the donut shop in the same lot complained, even though we were selling when they were closed. Yeah. We will take out the little cart around seven PM when the donuts were closed at five. I don't know how they found out, but eventually they complained to the landlord. We only did it for about two weekends, maybe three weekends. It was a hit, really. People were buying the churros. They were, the following weekend, people were asking for them already. Mm-hmm. Before we even took out the cart. Oh, are you guys going to sell churros tonight? The third weekend, we already had a little following going. It became like a thing in the neighborhood. But then after that, we had to go and walk the streets and find a new location for the little cart. In Compton, of course, because Paramount never allowed it. So, we went down Compton Boulevard and asked a couple locations. They turned they, they turned us down. They closed our, their doors on us. And we ended up finding this uh, liquor store with uh, Juan. Mr. Juan, really nice guy. He has a liquor store called Guadalajara Market. In the corner of Butler and Compton uh, Boulevard. There's a taco stand right there in the corner. And we were next to the taco stand, kind of. We are like, walking distance from the taco stand about... Fifteen steps down, so it was a good combination: tacos and dessert, dessert that really got us going because that's when I started the Instagram, the videos, the pictures, the promotions. Uh-huh. And I want to say that we got to around two thousand followers within uh, six not, months. That's not bad. It, it's not bad, really, because a lot of people struggle with five hundred followers for over a year sometimes. In six months, we got to the two thousand followers. But that's kind of like the time where it was too hard to manage a little location because there wasn't parking, there wasn't a lot of space to work. And it was in the middle of the street, so you had no storage and you name it. So eventually, thank God by that time, we had already received the food trailer. That was not process for about eight months or so. I want to say eight or nine months. When we got the trailer delivered, that's when we finally got to go to the park and where there was more space and we could actually sell there. You know, the trailer had uh, storage. We could like actually increase the production also. Yes. And from those 2,000 followers, something um, crazy happened, I guess, because the same week that we got to the park with the permits, take into account we didn't have the permits for the little cart. It was just a sidewalk vending cart. We had the trailer with the permits and the same week that we got it the same day a uh, health department inspector showed up showed up saw the sign that said churros got off from their car literally just like went straight to the trailer to the permits to see if they were legit and they asked me your permits are good like yeah they are yeah do you know where there's another one like this around here with no permits thinking i would like snitch them out or something without them knowing that it was us <laughs> Someone actually called the health department at us, and they were already looking for us that same week that we got our permits. Oh, damn! So and h- kn- how do I know? Because we were the only churro card in about a
0: 10-mile radius, really. So, yeah, it was a... Um, the nick of time. It was a miracle, yeah. Yeah, you got your. and he was looking, and he was like, yeah, you got it, and you couldn't say anything, you know? Oh. Like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, because, uh, what, what I'm guessing is that the report said illegal churro card in the street, Compton, find them. No. So when they got off the cart, they thought they got us. And they were like, oh, churro cart. They're probably legal. When they saw the permits, they were like, ah, uh, no, these permits are good, huh? It's like, yeah, they're good. Do you know where there's another one like this around? here? Thinking like, oh, they're, they're selling churros legally, so they're going to sell the illegal ones. We're the same ones, just in another level now. Dang, man. And yeah, that, that was uh, one of the struggles, I guess, too, working without a permit for six months without being caught. Because, you know, the first thing they do is they take your cart away. So they take your, your tool. Your money-making tool—they take it away. So what are you gonna do? And from there, I mean, I guess the other struggle was getting known in the park because since we didn't have, a, we did have a little bit of a following, but not everybody had Instagram mm-hmm. or Facebook. So the people that did, I mean, they followed us to oh, yeah. the park, but not everyone. Now, eventually, like word of mouth just started spreading that the people were eating tacos. They were like, "Are you guys those the same ones from around the corner?" Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. We used to get the tacos here at the park and go to the churro. Now you guys are over here in the park. So eventually, we started getting known again, and within a couple of months, like all our customers were back, and then we were getting new customers in that in that um, street because even though it was around the corner, it's a whole different street. You know, when you're looking for a food vendor in the street. You know where he's at. <laughs> you know that's like oh, it's yeah. kind of one of those things that you know where he's at, and you, yeah. you don't see him there. You panic. You're Something like Where happened. did you go? Like, you know, and they don't look for you further.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. So, you know, I always get a haircut. So one my barber I say, "Hey, where's my barber at?" Oh, he moved back to Mexico, and you get you get you get a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Where am I going to find another barber who can cut my hair? Who you know? And, you, and he's like, you try to go everywhere, and they can't do your hair how you want it to be. And you get you get a, you get like a panic mode.
1: Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I understand perfectly because when I was a barber, I mean, I had guys waiting for me for over an hour, two hours, sometimes most three. Because you're like, you know, you need to cut, and no, you'll be surprised. Sometimes they will wait till the next day. They'll be like, "No, I'll just come the next day." You know, they're preparing for a party in the weekend or whatever. They don't want to risk. They don't want no, no to risk getting their their haircut messed up. Yeah. So they're like, "Oh, he's not here today." No. Okay, I'll, I'll be back tomorrow or whatever. But they don't want to risk another barber because you know that's not gonna grow back. In a, in a, and and if of you weeks. get another
0: barber, it's like, no, I don't want him. He he messed up my fate last time. One was higher than the other ones. Like exactly, this. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want that. So he doesn't have a taper either. <laughs> yeah. I get I get picky with my taper. I look in the mirror. It's like, no, you missed right here a little lower. But the other, I, I totally get it, man. I totally get it. But yeah, like when you when you get all your followers and everything back, when did it start saying, you know what? Let's take, take our business to the next level. How did that how, how did that all start?
1: Okay, so one of the things that I have to mention, one of the biggest uh, catalysts to the business, the one that really pushed it to another level in turned of followers, was George Mexi Papa. Because I remember I was watching. Mexi Papa? Yeah. Was, he had about, I mean, he could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he had about six or 7,000 followers when I had two, two and a half. So we're kind of like close, you know? He would probably had two times, three times more followers than me. I mean, right now he blew up. He's at 17,000 now. But at that time, I was watching one of his lives. And I told him, hey, if you want churros, come by. He was in contact, actually. So he actually made it out there. And I got him to try the churros. We were talking. We were like, and you know, it's one of those things, like I mentioned earlier. I don't like to force people or foodies to go to the churros. But he was not contact. He was in there. I was like, come get a sample. I think you'll, you'll like him that was it that was a that, that was a done deal and within 30 minutes 40 minutes she showed up i, th- I didn't think he was gonna go you
0: know <laughs> yeah yeah
1: sometimes i i i make it as a joke i comment on their, on their celebrities posts like oh you know whenever you want churros we're here but i do it more for people who are commenting and read the comments they click on it I'm like churros and they click on it and they follow us you know, like, you know? <laughs> people commenting. You know? yeah. it's not because i'm actually Clever. trying to get the, the, the celebrity to come yeah which you never know they might read it and they might come
0: yeah
1: but I do it for the people who are writing the comments. Uh-huh. So I was in Mexi Papas live and I say, oh, everyone churros, come by. And I was thinking, hey, he's not going to come or whatever. Shows up like 30 minutes later. Hey, what's up? We came because we saw someone coming. Like, oh, yeah, that was me. And he did our first video. After that launched, he started taking off in followers. We did too. We started promoting each other a lot. We start. He started networking with other businesses. I started networking with other businesses. So I mean, from there on, it really started escalating. From 2000, it went to three, four, five, six, seven. We got stuck at nine and a half for a while. And as soon as we got to 10,000, I mean, we started climbing again. And we're talking about, I wanna say 2018, about a year and a half ago that we really started uh, getting more followers. Mm -hmm. And that's when we decided to take it to another level because we only have one fryer on the trailer there's no way to add another one because there's no more space. It's a trailer. But in the cold season, in the winter, it was impossible to handle the whole line. It was a huge line. It was like almost an hour wait. Close to an hour wait because people were coming in for four, five, six orders. Dang. dozen, two dozen, three dozen. Then we are doing fried plantains also. So you throw a batch of churros and you throw a batch of bananas and that's how it goes. There was people who were coming in for a whole batch of churros. They're like, oh, I want... 50 churros, 60 churros. For the family, they have family at home or whatever. It what about cold. weddings, too, huh? Oh, we do a lot of weddings. We cater really? to weddings. But we, since we take the cart and the fryer, I mean, for parties and weddings, we work pretty fast.
0: Do you uh, know a person, uh, Sergio, from Dudes from L.A.'s podcast? From where? Dudes from L.A.'s podcast, Sergio? No. Okay. Yeah, I think he follows you. I think he does. there's a podcast, you know. Uh, I could have sworn that maybe it was you. I, I could be—I don't know. I have to look and see because i i i, I, I seen your logo. I was like, "Yeah."
1: Well, this is a this is the first podcast podcast that we do. We did a video with uh, supporters project. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's the same one you might be talking about, mm-hmm. but that was a video. That was like a video interview. Uh huh. And it's kind of funny. I I I um, encourage whoever's listening to go watch the video on on YouTube. It's under Saboris Project. I think it's called something about sweet success, a recipe for sweet success or something like oh, that. Oh, nice. Because when they went to do the video, yes, we were in the final stages of opening this location, but we're still going through a lot of problems with inspectors and the building and all of that. We're still looking at not knowing exactly when we're going to open. We're looking at... a. Uh, if we failed uh, an inspection, we'll take another, uh, like a few more months to open. If we passed it, it would only, it would only be about a month or two. Because for
0: inspection, it takes a while, huh?
1: Not only that, but sometimes you fail for the silliest reasons. And they have to schedule you again like 15 days, a month later. Oh, wow. The gas company is different. See, the gas company, I guess it was my, my mistake at first. Because when I submitted the plans for the construction, I could have submitted the plans for the gas company right away. But I guess I wasn't very well advice I my my whoever was working with me wasn't very knowledgeable about construction for commercial buildings like you know restaurants and all that so they were like oh we got to wait until the plans are approved by the city and then submit and the gas company guy was like no you would have saved like two three months of work if you would have submitted right away so that's why i tell people you have to really know what you're doing and make sure you have the good a good counsel because if they're not giving you the right advice they could make you lose all your money and not even open the business I've seen that happen. I've seen people lost 100 hundred, two hundred thousand, 200000 and not be able to open the restaurant. What? Yeah, because, I mean, the city doesn't care how much money you got. They care about you doing things safely and the right way. They don't want a wall crushing someone. They don't want a gas line to explode. So, I mean, it's when I started working on this location, I understood why the city does what they do. Everybody disagrees. Everybody wants to do things, like, you know, their own way. And-
0: but learning from, like, learning, like, back then until now, you learn so much. Like, with your business, with everything and stuff Yeah,
1: because of the struggles. I had to fire the first contractors that I had because they switched the things on us. They gave us a a, a quote, and they eventually tripled it. We were close to starting the building. They were like, okay, we got the plans approved, but they tripled the quote. I was like, this is not what we talked about. Yeah, but, you know, we told you at the beginning that it was um, an estimate. I understand what an estimate is, but when someone asks you, worst case scenario, would it double? And you say no not even I understand that if you give me let's throw a number out there yeah. if you tell me a job is going to cost $10,000 and I tell you okay worst case scenario would it be twenty? no I don't think so it will be less than that it, it, even worst case scenario is not going to double it's not going to double okay and then they triple it on you without even hitting the worst case scenario because there was things that I, that I was learning and noticing and I wouldn't say that I knew but I was doing research on my own and I was like these guys really want to make their profit. So, I mean, it's a business. I understand, but I mean, when you, I, I go through that to myself. You know, as a business owner, there's people who ask a, for a quote for catering, for example, and they tell me, "Oh, I'm gonna have X amount of people," and I tell them a quote, and they're like, "Oh, that's too expensive for me. This and that," you know. And I see that I could drop the price, and it's not gonna affect me. I give them the best price right off the bat if they could afford it. Cool. If they can't, well, I mean, there's times that I, we can't lose money. You know, it is a business. Yes. But I give them the best quote right off the bat. With these guys, it was different. They gave me a crazy high quote. Then they lowered it by a small fraction. And I was like, no, nah, they don't, they don't want to help me out. They just want to make their good, good money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So in the end, I ended up uh, firing them, like, you know, uh, as it is. Because I noticed a couple things also in the plans that were wrong. They said they we're very knowledgeable with commercial building. But when I saw the plans, there were some uh, mistakes that shouldn't have been made. Good thing that the inspectors didn't catch it. If they would have, they would have really thrown the plans to the trash and said, you got to start over. Yes. But now that I know, I'm glad that I broke relationship with them. And thank God, I was really, like you say, the perfect timing. I was struggling with... The problem with the construction, not knowing what to do, not knowing what step to take. Now I don't have these people, you know, working with me. So I was like, okay, who am I going to hire? How am I going to find someone Yeah, that I could trust and that I could afford? So then following this uh, restaurant in Bellflower, it's called El Paradero. It's a seafood place. Mm-hmm. I followed them on my Instagram. And then they ended up going to the trailer to have churros. And I noticed the guy, uh, his name is Alex. I noticed his shirt and they had the logo. So I was like, oh, how are you doing? I know your restaurant, you know? Oh, yeah, we came because uh, you, you followed us on Instagram, so we want to show support.
0: I'm oh, like, cool. Yeah.
1: And then uh, next thing you know, I'm like, I, I asked him right away. I was like, I know you just built your restaurant, right? It barely opened. It was like started from scratch. Yeah, they just built uh, the whole shopping center. Can I ask you for advice? Because I don't know what to do. When I tell him the situation, he pointed me to the right person, ended up doing the job right, charging me. I'm not going to say very little, but literally charging the, the, the just the expenses, whatever he spent, and literally seeing that I needed the help, he was like, I'm just going to charge a little bit. That guy helped me out a lot. And in, in the end, I guess it was the best the best um, decision because, like I like to say, God knows best. Yes. It came out cheaper. I'm better done than if I would have done it with the crazy amount of money that the other people were asking for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because we ended up opening, you know... A little later than expected, but the
0: right way. That's good. I see that and, and that's one of the reasons why like you went from nothing to something, the struggles in the beginning and and where you're at now and now with the experiences you have from all that, now you know like you're in a better place now. And now you feel more comfortable, like you already want how you want your business to be like, how you how you want your stuff in the back and all that stuff and you feel more at ease and like how you were saying earlier we all have to help each other out all our yeah. network could be more support, supportive and all that
1: yeah it, it will make the world a much better place everybody helped each other but you know that's hard to come about but at least I stay positive and that's what I preach you know mm-hmm. stay positive mm-hmm. help people help you ever you can make a difference in someone's lives because that comes back to you oh, yeah. that comes back to you I've seen a lot of people who are doing good with their business right now that got started because I helped them and now if I reach out to them they got my back and it's always good to have Friends, better more friends oh, yeah. than enemies, of course. I mean, wow. I don't know why people rather make enemies than friends, but in my mind, it's simple. It's better to have more friends than
0: enemies. You just beat them with kindness.
1: Yeah, that too, because there's people that you run into and they're negative. You show positivity. At least they won't mess with you.
0: Yeah. I was like, well, I can't get to him, but he's just kind of like, well, kind of rubs in, you know, rubs with kindness and all that. How did you get, how did you get the name Dos Canela? How'd, how'd you get
1: well, that, that's uh, funny because I had another idea, another name in mind,
0: uh-huh. but
1: I didn't want to throw it out there right away because I wasn't sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we we're filling out the paperwork and filing, that name just came out, you know, dulce, sweet, canela, cinnamon. So I was like, oh, we're just going to put it. It's really straightforward.
0: Uh-huh.
1: People that know Spanish don't know exactly what it means. So I was like, oh, dulce, canela, canela, what's sweet and has cinnamon, oh, churros. So it's kind of like self-explanatory in a sense. And... That they just happened. I'll just put it in the paperwork like that. It's it's stated, uh-huh. and in the end, I guess it was a best decision too because it's catchy. It's catchier than the other name.
0: Mm-hmm. I like the logo. It, ca- it stands out.
1: Yeah, the, the colors are uh, the black and white.
0: I just don't my change it. I like I like I like the logo. Just it really stands out. Like boom, it's like it's like how it is and stuff. I like that. What would you um was was there trying to find different types of logos to to have your uh just to have your business stand out.
1: Yeah, well, what I did, I I went online and I actually found a designer from Mexico because I wanted to communicate what I wanted good. And I got a bunch of different logos and I sent them to her and I was like, "I I want something around these lines, but without copying you know Mm -hmm. so eventually she came 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 up with the idea she sent me like three or four different options and she was like these are the options i have but i suggest this one and she suggested the one that we have you know the black and white with the round like it looks classy yeah Looks simple i don't know i think it would look good but you make the choice and actually the other options were closer to what i sent her but the one that she sent me i actually liked it too i showed it to a few people now that we use it everybody loves it i mean they they say that's the exact same thing it looks simple but it stands out it looks classy you know nothing like it's not copying someone else's logo but at the same time
0: no it's your logo
1: it fits well it you fits know well. it fits Perfect. well it's not something too out there it's just
0: because it stands out because there's a lot of people like oh you're gonna have them on it's like yeah like it would and they were like saying which one are you going to like the one in compton so no the one in norwalk is like oh right there by pioneer it's like oh, okay you know, and everything, so that's where I, when I promoted it, everyone knows and stuff like that. Um, I was going to ask you, um, with the, the food that you make, is there any upcoming, like, stuff that you, you're going to be, uh, is going to be on the menu pretty soon? Yeah, something well, new, something new.
1: Yeah, well, right now I'm st- I still wanted uh add the red velvet churros since la- last year. I because Yeah, red velvet churros. <laughs> the most interesting thing about that to me is the topping. You know, the cream cheese, lechera topping. I've already sampled that. I already tried it in the trailer yes. one time, not for sale, but I was given El Sampa It was a good. Hit. It was a hidden sense because people always ask Oh, we are not gonna have it? Oh, can I order some? But it was more of a sample because in the trailer, we didn't have space for many items. Over there, we only have plantains, churros, and one flavor of a There's not much space. It's just a little trailer. Mm -hmm. But here, we could, like, you know, mess with different things. So, we're... we're, I could release those. I want to release the the fried Oreos because people ask for them. And I like them, too. They're really good. So, I want to release the fried Oreos. Mm -hmm. And, well, the... Sometimes they tell me, oh, just because you throw your plans out there so fast, like, you know, people are going to copy your ideas or whatever. <laughs> but if, I mean, we're trendsetters regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, when you try new things, eventually they're going to copy them, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, when we got this location and before it was a donut shop. Yes. So it has this donut display, this donut case. That's going to go. That's going to become a milkshake bar.
0: All that. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. So the the way you see it right now, like the glass and all that, we might cover like half of the glass and the top of the glass, so people can see when we're building the milkshake. We're gonna have a little uh, freezer with uh, different flavors of ice cream. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna make a nice, nicely decorated
0: milkshake. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be really good. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, um, what? Do you have any goals for 2020? <laughs> well, keep
1: growing. You know, personally, keep going. Uh, into new new ideas learn learn more that's the first thing that I always say learn more uh-huh. increase your knowledge because the more you know the stronger you are so I want to learn more I want to master things that I, that I didn't know before like right now we're dealing a lot with uh, different types of promotion and marketing because now it's a, a storefront it's different We're open since very early, so you got to keep the place busy. That's what a lot of people don't realize. They think you just open your doors and people are going to flock in. No, I mean, it's like you have to have a reason why people are going to come. So I feel that I want to learn more about marketing, about advertisement. I didn't finish college, so it's not like I have a business degree. So there's still a lot of things that I want to learn. Or we want to pay debt because you always start a business sometimes with credit cards, sometimes with loans. Because, I mean, sometimes you could wait and save up but it might take way longer but if you're sure of your idea and you really feel that you're passionate about it you're not gonna let it fail sometimes you just go right in and risk whatever you have Mm -hmm. i don't advise it to most people if they're not sure of what they want to do but if you're sure of your idea risk it risk it i mean
0: sometimes you you just gotta go for it
1: most of the biggest business in 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 history they've been started by people risking everything they have they turn out to be something huge
0: Mm -hmm. that's you brought a good point because that's where uh just jeff, jeff Bezos, where he started amazon when he also had a little little office now he's close to that's worth over close to 200 billion dollars now awesome. richest man on earth yeah and, um, Yeah, richest man on earth and he showed right there a little office and he had like a little paper that says amazon.com and he started now Look at his company
1: now. His desk was a door. It was like literally <laughs> a wooden door without, that was his desk. I know. But yeah, like you could start with nothing. That that shows you that you could start with literally nothing. He didn't have the corporate office, he didn't have a huge team, he didn't have millions. I'm sure he has money to invest, but I mean he didn't have the billions that he has now. Mm-hmm. so you just gotta go for it
0: yeah what's this year you were talking about like you have any like uh, like pro- like giveaway promotions do uh, you have anything going on for that
1: yeah we wanna do something where we pay uh, a couple's dinner for our valentines Ooh. of course it's gonna include the dessert from us <laughs> but what I'm gonna do I, I put it out there cause I like to ask my audience everybody that's uh, watching the videos or the Instagram posts I always ask what do you guys want me to give away what do you guys want and there was so many different requests for restaurants that I think I'm just going to do a gift card, you know a visa gift card you know pay someone's dinner, you know a good chunk of it,
0: Because,
1: yeah. I mean of course there's some people asking for mastros and follow of the show, and I'm like, ah, I'm sorry, we can't afford five hundred dollar dinners, but I mean at least we'll contribute you know a couple maybe a hundred fifty or something like that already buys you a great dinner, you know, and i would have you, i would have
0: i would have, I, would, I would have been okay with a chick fil a gift card man yeah, <laughs> you, you'll be
1: surprised sometimes people are you know. They ask for too much, but that's fine. You know, people deserve the best. Our customers deserve the best. That's what I tell people sometimes when they when they ask me, oh, why do you do a lot of giveaways? I used to do more back then because I had more free time. When you do a giveaway, you got to have some time, you know, to check who's going to win or to yeah. figure out how you're going to give it away or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I have more free time. I used to do um, more giveaways. But the reason why I like to do giveaways is because I like to give back to the people that come and shop Sometimes people think they do, that like we do giveaways just because we want to grow followers or whatever. The same amount of money that I spend in a giveaway, I could spend it in an Instagram promotion, in an Instagram sponsor post. And that would generate me some followers. But it doesn't make me feel like I gave back to the people who come and shop here. Mm-hmm. But when I do a giveaway and someone that comes here often wins it, it makes me feel like, hey, I gave them a little bit back from what they give us. Mm-hmm. Their continued support. So that's one of the things that I want to do. I want to do a giveaway for Valentine's. And as far as promotions, we always have the rewards program. You come in, you put in your phone number, you join the text list, and for every dollar you spend, you get a point. So we have free free stuff for every amount of points that you earn. We have like a reward for 25 points, 50 points, etc. So you could get either free orders of churros, free chicken sandwich, free drinks, half off, or whatever. We have different uh, promotions yeah. with the loyalty points.
0: I like that. Yeah. That's, that's something good. Wants well start coming now. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: I wish a lot of more people, more places had it because if you think about it,
0: they have some here and there. They have something like yeah. if, you, if you if you if you reach a certain amount of points, you get like a fifty percent off, or you get an ice cream on us, like pick whatever scoops you want. Like yeah,
1: the, the more people, the, the more places that have it, I feel the more freely you spend your money mm-hmm. in the same place because you're earning that those rewards, so you feel like okay, I'm I'm getting something in return. Yeah, it's kind of like an investment. You, yeah, you yeah. get five, six orders of churros, and oh, you God. get another one free. I'll take like, it. You're saving yeah. up to that. You were gonna spend it anyways. I mean, there's people that go get coffee in Starbucks every day, or they go to the same donut shop every day.
0: They don't get rewards. They don't get rewards. That. No. You
1: come here for your coffee every day. By the end of the week, you have a reward. You get a free coffee. You were gonna get it anyway. You were gonna go buy it anywhere, uh, anywhere else anyway. Mm-hmm. You could get a free chicken sandwich or a free breakfast sandwich or whatever. You get your points and it, your points pay you back. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like the
0: loyalty points. Yeah. I was going to say, you got two questions. Uh, what type of music you listen to? Well,
1: I used to be a lot into the regional Mexican, you know, the corridos and all that. Yeah. But I guess I was in the nightclub industry for too long. I got tired of it. Now I like listen to mostly uh, Christian music. Uh huh gospel like you know worship music and classical classical I enjoy silence a lot Mm -hmm. more than anything sometimes it's because I I feel that people who have been in the nightclub or the music industry Mm -hmm. they'll Mm -hmm. understand Mm -hmm. you get tired of it you get tired of it so sometimes you're driving in your car and you have no music at all and you feel fine because I did five years four years of Thursday through Sunday sometimes even Monday events from eight at night to two in the morning loud music, loud music, DJ, bandas, grupos. It just doesn't stop, right? Every single weekend for four years, you get tired of it.
0: Oh, my God i totally get it i listen to a lot of like classical like music like classic rock indie you know something more chill i used to listen to a lot of hip-hop so i just want to have a kind of like chill relaxation mm-hmm. and yeah. it helps you think
1: more because people yes. don't realize yes. that the reason why you waste a lot of time in your life is because you're just distracting yourself entertaining yeah. yourself mm-hmm. when you should be meditating thinking what should i do next what should be my next approach Should I start a business? Or if you already have a profession or you already have a good job, how can I do better at my job? How can I be a better worker, manager, you name it? Mm -hmm. So sometimes I I would encourage people to not distract themselves so much, but like Mm -hmm. more like focus on themselves so they can improve because right now it's getting so competitive out there that no matter how long you've been in your job, it's not safe anymore. You have to increase your skill set because there's people five, 10 years younger than you that know more than you now because they have Google, they have all this, uh, the, yeah. all, that, all that information in their, the palm of their hands, really. Mm-hmm. So if people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Soon, yeah. they don't start increasing their skill set, their knowledge. They're gonna be out of a job. They're gonna be yes. out of the industry,
0: whatever they're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And lastly, what's the what's the future for your business? What what do you? What's the next step to to take it to the next level? Well,
1: like like any business, I think our goal is to expand yes. and grow but you have to take it a day at a time sometimes it could expand like I could say like the where we're doing the, the, the way we're going right now within a year or two we could have another storefront location but you never know how what opportunities are going to present themselves I always tell people as soon as I could switch the trailer to a storefront location in Compton I will because a lot of people are asking for the things that we have here over there mm. it's, it's too far to come every day for the yeah. coffee or for the breakfast over here but if they I had it in Compton like they would be there and that's a funny thing she has her atoll, and she's already taking a picture with the business card <laughs> i'm telling you people love to share with the people they love what they like
0: mm-hmm.
1: so if we get an opportunity to open a storefront in compton we're going to go the, go with that first which i don't see it as an expansion i see it as an improvement to a location that already exists mm-hmm. but it's much more profitable to to improve a location that you already have instead of opening a new one yes. that you're not going to know how long it's going to take to get it busy you don't yeah. know what what struggles you're going to run into mm-hmm.
0: and you have all your regular customers here you know them like they come every day and stuff like that well
1: yes and no because there's a lot of that come often and we get new customers every day so sometimes that, that really, really really mixes you up uh, I, that's a good problem to have honestly because there's times that I see people that come in every day and I recognize them. But there's also people that walk in for the first time ever. And I'm like, have I seen them here before or not? But you always got to ask, you know, and say your first time here. Especially if they've taken a while looking at the menu or whatever. Because you want to be helpful. You want to tell them what you have and all that. So there's times that I ask a person that comes every day, oh, have you?" is it your first time here? They're like, no, I'm here every day. And I'm sure they probably get a little offended. Or they're like, oh, my God, you don't know me yet? But it's not that. It's just like we run into hundreds of people every day that it just gets a little tough to remember everyone every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I just want to say, uh, Sam, thank you for coming on the Mega Man's podcast. Um, do you have any last words, any shout-outs?
1: Uh-oh. Yeah. I guess something happened. Something Hopefully. happened. Hopefully they're Okay. <laughs> Well, shout-outs to all the people that support us, of course, to all the other businesses that we network with and they help us grow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a long list. If I were to name them all, i will probably miss a few. Uh-huh. But every single person that's like Daniel, for example, that referred us to you, uh-huh. Mr. Menudo,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Alita El Blito, uh, Imperman, the restaurant El Sinaloense, Chris. It's like I, a nice guy. I learned a lot from him, too. Yes. Uh, Alex from Paradero man if i if i were to out all the people that have helped me get to where we are right now i wouldn't end but then at the same time whoever is out there knows that i'm very grateful for the support that they give us whether you're a customer you're another business owner mm-hmm. family whatnot i try to show my gratitude as much as i can so whoever's out there listening and you support us thank you very much
0: mm-hmm. from the
1: bottom of my heart There's a family-owned business so every single purchase that you make here, it's helping a dream become true. It's helping a family, you know, mm-hmm. grow. And I just want to tell everybody that we're always going to try to do our best for you because that's what you deserve. You deserve the best.
0: That's so awesome. Expect
1: the best recipes, the best taste. And whenever something's not right, I like to say it all, all the time. If you come in and the service is not 100% or the product is not 100%, let us know. We'll gladly try to make it right because we're not perfect, but we try to give you the best taste. Uh, service
0: and the best product all the time that's awesome I love helping out uh, small business I'm always with that um, and where can they follow you at Dulce Canela on Instagram uh-huh.
1: uh, Dulce Canela double L awesome. on the Canela
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's not a spelled uh, correctly in Spanish but I did that on purpose but, uh, so people uh, always call it out <laughs> uh, that's not spelled <laughs> correctly you, you get that, that um, it sticks anyways mm-hmm. so yeah Dulce Canela double L on the Canela mm-hmm. that's on Instagram on Facebook and Pretty soon, that's another one of my goals. Hopefully, I could start YouTube uh, this year because I would like to show people, you know, the struggle, the road, the things that I've learned. I like to share knowledge, so if I could get into YouTube, because if I could find a free time or maybe even a podcast, who knows? Because I really want to put the knowledge out there.
0: This is it first? Is first time doing a podcast? You did pretty good. Yeah, it's my first time. And that's you done. You did pretty good. Thank you. It's not bad. Other than that, um, Sam, thank you for coming on the Mega Mass podcast. Um, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. You can find my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Anchor, Radio Public, and etc. And if you can't find my podcast, just DM me at The Mega Man's Podcast on Instagram or my personal page at megaman Six Nine Eight Zero. Other than then, uh, I'm going to log off right now because um, I'm going to drink this walnut uh, chocolate coffee, man. It's it's really, really so good. And, uh, again, once again, uh, Sam, thank you for coming on the Mega Man's podcast. Thank you very
1: much for coming. If wants to come by, they're welcome. It's your home.
0: All right. Mega Man, Sam, we're out. late.